Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. Do we have a topic for you today, (laughs) ladies and gents? It's such a fun one. It is. We're so excited about it. Not that I'm the expert in it, but I'm... uh, Oh, I don't know. You might be, don't think. (laughs) Chris and I have some personal contact with this whole department of conversation we're going to have today. On sexual transmutation. Doesn't that sound sexy, everyone? Mutation, mutation. Not in a bad way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So my friend sent me an article from the book... Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it was funny because I was planning on reading that book anyways. And so when she sent it, I was like, okay, there must be something really good in here for me. So the article she sent was on sexual transmutation. And here I'm, we are. Yes. And I read the article and I was like, okay, there's a lot of great stuff in here. I wonder why she thought that pertained to me. And uh, so I got really curious and asked her. And basically, she was saying that it reminded her of me this summer when I was dating Rico Suave. And my pattern back then was to just give away myself to somebody else. And so with the sexual transmutation, I'm going to let you tell tell the world what that is so they can understand what I'm going to talk about. So basically, your really, really good friend is giving you ideas about thinking about you in this realm because what we realized about sexual transmutation is that it really refers to one type of person in particular. And this is what was originally fairly amusing. And this same person has called to Krista and I out as being doppelgangers. (laughs) Even though we're 15 years apart in life or so, uh, we have a very similar way of approaching life. Mm -hmm. And she could feel it. Every time she came into my presence, she's been um, Krista's best friend for years, but she ca- she kept, she would just stop and stare at me and she'd say, you guys are exactly alike. So it was very funny. We didn't know what that thing was and we think we might've found it. <laughs> so what we're going to talk to you guys about today, you all lovelies, is sexual transmutation. And where that starts is it's possible in people who are birthed onto this planet with high levels of sexual energy. And it also feeds them in all sorts of ways. And so they're sort of highly attractive in that other people are attracted to their energies. And so they are they can be great leaders. They can be great politicians. They can be um, speakers. artists, speakers, dancers, whatever it is that they have this capacity yeah. for drawing greatness out from within them and also for drawing people in at the same time. It seems to have these two sides. And Krista and I both have always commented that we have sh- we share this kind of energy. And what they point out in this incredible article, I guess it's a conversation, a chapter in a book, is that this can be seen in our culture 
in such a way that it creates a curse for those who have it rather than the actual ultimate height of potential that these people actually have. So check with yourself. Do you feel yourself that you've always had a lot of sexual energy? Maybe the reason you're listening to this podcast is because you're like, holy fuck, what do I do with all this sexual energy? But the point of the book was to say that when you have all of that sexual, it's like, how are you using how all are of you that using sexual it? energy? So right. when we're teens and we're learning about sex, we move into our 20s. And I, would, I can't say especially men, but just the term sowing your seed, since it does pertain to me. Wild oats. Wild oats. <laughs> it's like, that's what it's talking about. Are you just out there throwing it all out to the wind? Or are you taking that energy and pulling it in and creating and making that business you want and taking the steps in your life that are going to fulfill you. Right. And what Chris is alluding to here is this whole energy about how she and I have recognized that there's a way that this energy can be part of your life, that it can create negative experiences, or you can lift it into this other way and get possession of your energy Mm -hmm. to create bigger life and what they would even call genius all the way. So transmutation is actually when you take your sexual energy, you combine it with another human and they give us two other things that we pay attention to, love and romance. Mm -hmm. And you combine that and then you use that energy in a connection with another human. To create genius. Creates genius. And so this, what happened to me this summer was that I wasn't pulling in my sexual energy. I was sowing my seed. <laughs> I was just throwing it out there and I was giving my power over to another person. And at that time, I wasn't being very proactive in my career or with the podcast. I wasn't giving my creative projects a lot of time and energy. When Rico Suave and I broke up, it was like my mind shifted And all of a sudden, I just put my head down, and it was in creation mode, create, 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 because I didn't have anything to do with all of that sexual energy at the time. And so the reason my friend sent the article is because she said that that looked like the perfect example of what this chapter was talking about, and that when I was just giving away my energy, I wasn't creating. And I didn't feel really as alive and inspired. And then when I pulled all of that energy back in and focused it on myself— I like skyrocketed creatively. Yeah. And this is really interesting because the way the book is written, it's written in an older perspective. It's not a new book. So it brings the masculine and the feminine in, in the form of a man and a woman, first of all. And so married couples and things that are more traditional. But what Chris is demonstrating here is that she can actually take her feminine energy and transmute it with spirit Mm -hmm. into this higher creative intelligence. So one of the things that's fun about this story is they talk about creative intelligence and that it actually exists. Like creative intelligence exists. It's not a joke. It's things scientists use all the time. But if we're caught down in our lower nature, which is just, okay, in our 20s, we're going out to a bar, we're having some drinks, we're dancing on the tabletop. We could be doing this our whole life. Forget our 20s. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. last summer was not your 20s, as far <laughs> as I remember. True. Okay, thanks for calling me out. <laughs> it's not like your 20s. But. Uh, I'm trying to mature as we speak. Um, but I guess also if we're Very talking funny. about how do we t- 
teach, not teach this, but how do we share this for people who are in their younger 20s and 30s so they don't have to waste 20 years trying to figure this out on their own, right? So we as older, wiser, hopefully- Wiser women. We're the older women in your life. It's like we want people to learn earlier on so they can achieve more creativity and connection with spirit. So I'm using 20s and 30s as in those stages, it's typical to just- really be out there experiencing and um, maybe not necessarily focusing on the end game or your higher purpose, that type of thing. You know, I think one thing, Krista, this is great that you were just saying that. I think one thing that they also point out in this article, I know they pointed out in the article, is there is a way that we take an energy like this and we begin to feel that it has some power. And then we might drink to get there or use LSD or do all sorts of other things to get ourselves or even indiscriminate sex. But what happens when we do it that way is it lifts us and then it drops us down and it lifts Mm -hmm. us and drops us down. So rather than when one of the postulations of this idea of Napoleon Hill's idea is that when you come into contact with one So spirit, if you're going in the direction of opening yourself to spirit, or if you come in the real sexual transmutation with another person, whether you're carrying male energy or feminine energy, you come to that together, you create a static, no, static's the wrong word, sorry, a a sustainable energy Mm. of creativity that then can grow. Because like in the beginning of a new relationship, when you said sustain, like the word sustainable... That energy that you have in a new relationship doesn't feel sustainable because it's so like kapow, so you know, it's up and down and up and down and sexy and blah, blah, blah. and it's frenetic and uncertain, right? And Lots uncertain. of uncertainty, right? And so I feel like as you fall more and more into love with someone, and maybe this is what he's referencing, when you f- fall more in love, it becomes more stable. You bring in that romance part and the sex part. The energy is more manageable. Yeah, it goes into flow, I think, because mm, rather because we're not going to manage or control this energy because it's really a high intelligence energy. And I love that it has romance and love and sex are the three components. And and why does that feel so important is that those are feeling level. Those are experiences that open your mind. Your chemistry in your brain changes when you feel that way. Now, I know in my life, I had an experience where the person that I was so connected to that I felt this was so true with, and I do feel like I was able to, that there was big creation happening between us, Mm -hmm. and including (laughs) all sorts of different kinds of creation, actually. (laughs) Uh Uh Um, But when that was happening, everything was really like firing on all cylinders. Life Mm -hmm. was just starting to, it felt like it was blossoming in front of me. Mm-hmm. When we looked back five years, we couldn't believe what we'd achieved in five years. Just, it was incredible. And yet there's something fell out of that energy at one point that, and when I finally was trying to determine within myself, there was still sex and there was still love, there was no romance. And see, this is where I got confused in the article. Yeah, let me say one more thing about this because it's really interesting to me. What I think any woman, so let's take this to ourselves because you guys will take this to the place you take it to. But with romance, it's like courting someone, Mm -hmm. right? So you know, any woman knows what it feels like to be courted. And Krista, a couple 
podcast ago, we were talking about <laughs> you owning your value and yeah. being courted. And realizing how important it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the romance. That's the feeling of courting. That means you go out of your way to create an honoring and respectful environment that's full of loving. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we were talking last week about open her and all the roses and, you know, whatever, right. <laughs> whatever works for you or doesn't. <laughs> don't buy crystal lilies, everyone. Never buy crystal lilies. At least not the stinky ones. <sighs> just don't, just stay away from it. Um, and so the adding of the romance really helps solidify my understanding that a man and a woman have to be in a romantic expression and a sexual expression and a love expression. So it has to have the sustainability of love, mm-hmm. right? The romance is that romance of the first blush of love that has to stay alive. And then it has this sexual energy that both well, probably both people have to have. I I don't know because that that's not something I, that really gets talked about. Right, because if the man I, has it and the woman doesn't, how is he going to fulfill his creative need if prob- his partner doesn't have it? I think they did talk about it somewhere in there that both just, women and men have to have it in that partnership. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. But what I can imagine is whether they said it or not, that there wouldn't be the same kind of energetic connection if they both didn't. And in the past, in this article, what they talk about is how the man would go out and create genius in the world. And they they give example after example, you're welcome to read this, of men who have been amazingly genius, have come up with hundreds of patents and yeah, you know, scientists plenty of scientists and, and you know, world leaders and who have accessed because of the women in their life, because they had these women. And then interestingly, when they turned their back on the woman, what happened? And that often if they got caught in their ego after they had made some level of achievement that and they discarded the woman, they often had a fall from grace. Like lost their fortunes, their reputations. Some businesses. of us might be able to think of presidents that this <laughs> happened to. Some of us might be able to think of other heads actors, of industry, even. actors, yeah. people who grew their creativity in the presence of one connected relationship with the stability and the love and the romance and all that, and then discarded it. Right. And then the other question is, there's another side. So does the other person stop feeling connected and then they pull their energy out and the original man or masculine has to go find another place for it? I know someone in my life who never could end, as a man, Mm -hmm. never could end one relationship before starting another. So he was the world's biggest cheater because he was right. always dating while he was still in his last relationship. And he didn't understand the destructiveness of that. He was just after this transmutation. Which brings us, Krista, to the point about what happens when you're wasting this energy by not focusing it. Right? Like, so, so if you have a man who isn't focusing or noticing that he's getting all of this amazing transmutation and genius mm-hmm. from the woman he's with and he discards her, or he over and over discards her, he's demonstrating. Are we talking about the summer, my personal story, or no? So <laughs> you could be possibly talking about that. I think that, yeah, that's a yes, because I do notice the fall of grace. Right from Rico Suave, it was like, and that's what he's in the process of learning about for himself. So, absolutely, I don't even think when I read this article that I was necessarily thinking of him. But now, even like two weeks, 
you know, later from reading the article, he is actually going through that process of looking back at those behaviors and looking at where he shifts, look at where that belief system came from, look at how long that pattern has been operating in his life. And so much of that is a social is like socially learned behavior, Absolutely. especially in a Latin culture, for sure. Right. 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 And so, you know, even um recently he's He's really studying all of these people that he highly respects in the business world and looking at where is he not embodying those qualities. And then even having lots of conversations with me about, okay, he has the love for me and we have the sex and we have the romance. Maybe they all haven't been at the same time in the past, right? Mm, Because when you have all three of those... Again, that's where it gets really intimate and vulnerable. So sometimes, even though we have all three, someone pops in and out and only maybe shows up with two and two. <laughs> and so we're at the Safer. process of like, hey, can we be three and three? And can we have all of those? And even this weekend, I feel like there was a moment where there was a fall from grace of like the way in which maybe he was talking with me. And I was like, thinking about it yesterday, like, wow, I actually can't be in relationship with someone who doesn't have that part of themselves mm. developed. And I didn't even have to say it to him. And he came back to me yesterday and said, wow, I was really thinking of the series of events. And I noticed this pattern. And what do you think? What do you think is the thing that I need to work on in order to shift that? Because I really, I want to change this way of being about myself. And so in that, I was really witnessing him doing the transmutation. Yeah. This is this is a great example and you know it's funny because a lot of people when when the feminine energy is doing her part and it mm-hmm. could not it, this is not necessarily women we want to really hold that space for men to be able to hold this space too. But when the feminine energy is doing its part, it is open it is flow it's like water it's flowing it goes everywhere it creates energies it creates space it creates beauty it does all sorts of things it does not drive home a mission right and when you have two people in a couple that are driving home a mission you can get in really big trouble because you start fighting over who's stronger and who's more powerful mm-hmm. in this conversation because this book was written in the past right it's going to be a conversation about men and women. And it says men hold this kind of energy and then women hold this kind. And so what they found in the past was that it looked like the women were quiet and modest were the words they used. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. What's really true is whoever's in that feminine role is holding space for so much to be an open, and as we said last week, open receiver to whatever the masculine energy needs to come in and really transmute. The masculine on that that person's part has to be respectful. It has to be caring. It has to be full of love. And it has to be in boundaried. Mm-hmm. It can't, and like we were saying before about sowing your wild <laughs> right. oats. We, God, is that fun. And lots of men do it once or twice. I've right. seen a lot of divorced men do it right after their divorce mm-hmm. again, like their seed has been held. But they haven't been in transmuting relationships. They've right. been in controlled relationships and relationships where their sex hasn't been flourishing and, and giving them the genius that they want. So they have to sort of spread that again until it calms down. 
And so what's happening in your relationship is that both of you are figuring out how do you hold mm-hmm. for you, you are in the feminine aspect in many, at many times, maybe not all the time. What do you think? Um, I think that again, that's where I'm learning to be more comfortable in that feminine space because in the past, I was definitely much more comfortable in the control aspect and the driving and the scheduling and the making things happen. And part of my journey spiritually has been to soften and to open up to my spiritual connection and to the thoughts and feelings that spirit wants me to um, receive so that I can flow and go out in the world and create things that are more spirit-connected instead of from my get that done, my Capricorn side, which just wants to make a list and, you know, make it happen. She does like to make lists. <laughs> I'm, I'm a list she maker. Does, she's a list maker. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's this exciting thing that's happening now is in this conversation as Krista and I wonder, how does the feminine energy access that genius and also express itself without becoming this driving force that would counter-influence the man? See, I feel like it's this, the whole... The keyword is balance. And I feel like love, romance, and sex is the balance part. Just as if I, like this summer, went so into my feminine Uh, that I didn't get any, I didn't have any masculine energy left to go do the things I needed to do in the real world. Right. And maybe he was vice versa, where he was so in the masculine that I'd he that's <laughs> didn't have necessarily the heart and the feelings at that time in order to, he could do what he needed to do at that time for his career, but he wasn't then able to do it in conjunction with a relationship. And so that whole concept of balance, even though one partner usually is playing more of the masculine and one's more of the feminine, instead of it being like 75% and 25%, it's like, can we be just kind of like in the 45% and keep it a little bit more... Like, I don't want to feel like I can't be in a relationship with someone and have a career. And I think that's what I kind of got a little triggered in the article because it was like, well, I don't know. I don't know where my thought is on that, but I I definitely was like, I want to be able to have juicy sex and I want to be able to flow like a woman. And I also want to know I can get up in the morning and go to work. Yeah, I have an idea about that. I have okay. a really good friend who I, I watch all my friends. Be careful if you're my friend. <laughs> I have one really good friend who has a very powerful masculine husband, and she is has her own relatively strong, powerful self too. And whenever I see them come together, there's a way in which, and they don't work together, mm-hmm. Um and the way there's a way in which she drops that sort of powerful masculine energy, which is probably only twenty five percent of who she is anyway. Really, mm-hmm. um, she drops it, and he she gives herself the gift of being sort of allowing his strength to take the lead. And this was something that they said in this article was if the woman can allow this important aspect of a man of his strength to the one who really kind of needs to be seen as stronger to not emasculate to not fight with power and to really sort of as a gift give him the strength aspect of the relationship and hand him that Mm -hmm. and then on his side he gives her the influence 
the ability to influence him. So he doesn't say, I'm the strong, powerful one, and you have nothing. It's like, I'm the strong, powerful one. And, and what do you totally think about this? Yeah. By you. Right. What do you I, think about this? Yeah. I was telling Chris, it reminded me of the movie of the, My Big Fat Greek yes. Wedding, uh-huh. <laughs> where the dad says, I am the head of the family. And the mother says, yes, but I am the neck. <laughs> and she controls where he looks. Very funny line. And exactly speaking to this point, this is how it stays equal. Right. But if we just keep it in the female and or the man and woman that might trigger people yeah so really keeping in it in the feminine and masculine energy because there's all kinds of different relationships out there and it doesn't matter if the female is really playing the male and the male is playing the female energy it doesn't matter it's just about if your partner needs to be in the masculine in the strong and, and the strong energy. one and you're refusing to let them have that then you're going to be butting heads it doesn't mean you're weak to let them enjoy being the stronger one. And this is the whole point of, of that story I just told about the Greek big fat Greek wedding is that she actually is might even have more power. <laughs> right, exactly. Because she's the influencer. Mm-hmm. And that it I heard a great quote once. I have no idea where it came from, but it was imagine the amount of work that could get done in the world if no one cared who got the credit. Right. So my friend who gives her husband this kind of status and power when he steps into the room mm-hmm. is her way of influencing him mm-hmm. because he is now able, now that he's received what he's needs, he, what he needs, sorry, he can open and give her back her influence. So she can come back in now and say, hey, I really don't like the way this is going down. You know, right. and then they can work through it. So it's they definitely have a very balanced relationship. It's one of my favorites, and I, I watch it a lot. Well, and I think you've talked about this too with a lot of um, powerful couples that you've witnessed in relationship, whether it was Byron Katie mm, with her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is a way in which the women do this interesting thing where they give the strength to the man, and the man gives the influence back to them. And I just love the way it was articulated in this article. And for any of you who are students of creative mind or infinite intelligence, there are other ways to access infinite intelligence and creative mind to take you to the heights of your genius and allow you to really create what you're meant to create. And I think sometimes we call that star power that people have. Mm. Often salespeople, if yeah, I love that part kind of, of the influence, book. right? Because it was talking about how a really great salesman, you just like they have to have a certain amount of sexual energy right. in order to to be a great salesman. It's like the way they dress, the way they hold themselves in their posture, the the tone in which they speak. It's super sexy. It is. And and what was fun about that conversation in the book was they said he takes so that again they're using it as a man, but of course a woman is capable of this too, using the masculine energy is that you take that part of you that gets so committed to having sex and driving that home and you move it into this same thing with 
how you want to move this product or whatever it is you're selling so that you have this ability to inspire people to want to have sex with you on one hand <laughs> or to want to buy your product on the other. So, you know, this is a really fabulous topic and it's really fun to play with. Because the salesman, think about it, is still using the love, the romance, the, He's the sex totally is the ending. Romancing. So it's, yeah, you're romancing your client, you're making them feel good about themselves, you're instilling, you know, safety that they like right. trust you, you're speaking nice, you're loving them with kind words. So it's, I love how it translates, not even, you know, away from just sex. It's Right. It translates life. into every part of your life. And the other the other piece they touch on, speaking of the shadow, which we haven't spoken of, mm -hmm. is that you can go into business and you can achieve really, really big things. And if you're not using this kind of energy, which is, a again, a connecting energy, a way to bring two or more gathered into the universe in order to really access the highest intelligence, you will be manipulating for results, you'll be committed to results, but you won't, you will probably fall into a mindset of using anything to get your goals. And that will not be living in the world where you receive joy back from your creations, where mm -hmm. you receive love back from your creations, because your creations will be of manipulation. They will be, you will be separated from your loving in order to create that way. Right. Like if you're trying to have sex just to have sex, that's one level. If you're pulling out romantic gestures for your date to manipulate, to, manipulate date. to get sex, that energy can be felt. So that's still that's why that just having the two doesn't work. If you're you're loving this is I think maybe this is where I got confused. If you're if you have the love aspect and the sex what's miss like what's missing is I'm the romance is missing but can you still get away with just the love and the sex I don't think so because I think that I think the romance is the beginning of the creativity like it it calls you into the joy of the thing you know how we can be in love and have it be kind of a the bottom line, yes, I mm -hmm. love you, I love you. And we have different loves. We have the way we love our children, our animals, our our people, our lovers. They're all different ways of loving. But the romance is what sets this apart because it's not the way you love your children. It almost feels like a, a daily recommitment to your partner, the oh, romance. I would think so. Yeah. I would really think so. And and the acknowledgement that it's important. Right. Right? Like actually romance is a super big deal. If you want your connection with another person to take you to the fullest life that you want to have, we've all seen those power couples, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, what? How are they doing that? Because they don't have no more, they don't have no, they don't have more time <laughs> or energy than we do. Right. They're using their, and, and here's the piece too that's really important. I think we said it, but we're going to say it one more time. It's about honoring this energy as so beautiful. It's, it's a huge gift to be born onto this planet with this much sexual energy. Honoring it and using it to build your life from, to lift you into the heights of your possibilities into this creative mind. And rather than have it destroy you by letting it just move you willy-nilly. So there's a there's a level of discipline that's going to be called in. And that's why they suggest in this article that most people are not really successful. They don't reach the heights of their career until 40s or 50s. 
until, in my senses, their testosterone is coming down a little bit in the masculine. I, yes, I think. I think that might help. Mm-hmm. And so how to... How do we get those 20s and 30-year-olds to work on their willpower? I think that was what they said in the book. You, It's that willpower that has to kick in at a certain age to transmute it from just sowing your seeds to realizing that the love and the romance and the creativity is so much more valuable spiritually and creatively than just the basic. I mean, it takes a mind the mindset does. to change. And, you know, the only thing I would say about willpower is I would say it's more like that you take back your will mm-hmm. from your hormones. Right. Right? So, you know, our instinct bodies can take us on journeys everywhere. We can get caught in addictions. We can get caught mm-hmm. in habit patterns and unhealed aspects of ourselves and then never produce anything with our lives. Or we can take back our will and direct it in the direction where suddenly it starts growing. Like when you plant seeds in a row mm-hmm. and you can harvest them, you know, things like that where you you actually take charge of the best thing that's in your life, your sexual energy, mm-hmm. and you channel it into someone you love and you want to share romance with. We're saying that's the soup. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's what Golden Eyes is doing right now. And it's taking a lot of conversation about it, and he's, I mean... You and Golden Eyes yes, are doing this together. Right <laughs> together. Yes, together. Let, <laughs> let me just bring that in. And, I mean, obviously it's possible because there's a book written about it, so people can do it, but we're in the process of transmuting that sexual energy into creative projects and into building a relationship together. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It will be. And I also love the aspect of where you went with it last summer and where I am with it now, which is really inside me taking that same level of sexual energy that I have and and sort of sending it into the spiritual world because I'm not partnered right now mm-hmm. and I'm not sowing my seed anymore <laughs> the way I used to. And so Yet. how is that... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sow my seed within the framework of transmutation because here's the thing, you know when you read something and you know you're reading some truth and you've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. Our friend that sent us this article, yeah, she knows us super well and she recognized us. Now there are aspects of her that are also recognizable right. here for sure. Except that Chris and I were both like, oh my God, we were born this way. We've been affected by it. And how about we start treating it like the gift that it is, this massive gift to have this beautiful sexual energy, and then take care of the gift, wrap it up in a bow, offer it to the one person we want to offer it to, or in the one way that we choose to offer it for our highest experience of transmutation into the field of creativity and consciousness. And so what about the person who says, well, I don't have any sexual energy? I mean, I have no idea where this will lead to, but I was just kind of thinking like you and I have so much. And so we're trying to hone it in and create with it from a different place. But what about if someone is feeling like they're not inspired sexually at all? It's like, is it I have an idea. What's your idea? I think that in this chapter, it actually said there are 17. They call that a number, but I certainly don't know which 17 they're talking about. There are many, many ways 
to skin a cat, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) So there's many, many ways to get connected to this creative mind and to your higher intelligence. Most of them have to do with getting super present and opening yourself up, either with another person, either with another being. Some people in nature get opened up like that. So I suspect that whether if that not for everyone, it's not based in sexual energy. But Mm -hmm. when it is, there's an explosive energy about it. When it's not, there's still as many openings for you to connect and have your genius show up. You might not be the salesperson like that. You know, you might not have that kind of energy, but you certainly are going to be able to connect because everyone has the ability to connect with spirit and get into their genius, creative qualities Mm -hmm. and open. And I guess, too, it's about your relationship with yourself because not everyone's going to have a partner right now. And they still, right. And you still have sexual energy that needs to be maintained because you don't want to lose it and you want it to be available to you you, if and when you do meet someone. So it's like out of those three things, the love, romance, and sex, if you're not having the sex right now, you can still be developing and nurturing yourself lovingly and romancing yourself. And we'll just leave that question about whether you should be having sex with yourself on the table because I think <laughs> wait are you having be. sex with yourself on the table oh or you well, that too <laughs> on the kitchen table no um <laughs> that would be bizarre I, I'm having I like myself. a vision from some kind of weird Jim Carrey movie or something like just imagining what that would look like but anyway you can have sex with yourself on the table if you want what I'm suggesting is that we think about sex as if it's only with a partner but there is a vast number of people that don't have partners, but we don't want you to stop having sex. If you have this sexual high sexed energy, you should be using it even if you have no partner right now. And that partner is going to have to be with you with spirit to take you to the same places. Yeah. But I was talking about the people who don't have the sexual energy in a way to develop that. So it's like finding ways to love themselves and take themselves on a date and nurture themselves and make themselves feel sexy and create that romance for themselves in order to, I don't know, bring a little bit more of the sexy back. And it may be that it's uh, bringing it back and it may be that it's just not present for them. There are people who identify now as asexual Mm -hmm. and it is part of their, um, gosh, their self-identity to be able to have that and not have it be wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's really important as we discuss this to say there are 17,000 other avenues to God. And in the Jewish tradition, they say there's The diamond is the best representation of God because of all the facets of Mm. how there is to get into God, into relationship. And when we're talking about highest levels of creative intelligence, that is the same thing that we call God. It's not a man in a chair in the sky (laughs) saying, you can sit on my right hand or my left hand or you're going to the bad place, you guys. Everyone's coming here. We're going to be in this energy together. Mm. And so all of us eventually will be absorbed by this creative energy in my humble opinion. Yeah, And this just gives us a bridge to it while we're still alive. Heaven on earth, you guys. It's mm-hmm. what we say. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Spread, Spread the, the love. love. We love you. Bye. Bye. Do you want the opportunity to see the gals of Holy Fuck in person? If so, go to holyfuckpodcast.com and join our mailing list so you can find out when and where these goddesses will be transforming lives next. And yes, I know, I'm talking about myself in third person. Open your browser, type in holyfuckpodcast.com, click on mailing list, and give us your most trusty email. Not that bogus one you give to Walmart. 
So sign up now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. Thank you.